0: Welcome friends to the Agora Network Ministries program, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our hosts, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie Gallant, share practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and stigma inside the walls of the church. Through interviews, stories, and Christ-centered devotionals, along with dialogues with leading Christian mental health professionals and network ministries, our hope is that you, the listener, will learn and experience that hope and healing can be found in a holistic approach for body, soul, and spirit. Our prayer is that you become more aware about the importance of your mental health and be willing to make the changes you need to become a healthier you physically emotionally and spiritually again welcome to this program now the founders and directors of agora network ministries alan and bonnie
1: welcome friends my name is alan
2: and i'm bonnie and it's so good to be with you again this evening Mm -hmm. I certainly hope you have been enjoying our broadcasts on Friday evenings. We've actually enjoyed tuning in ourselves and listening. That's right.
1: (laughs) Every Friday night at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in the Maritimes, it's 7 o'clock Atlantic Standard Time.
2: Because there is an hour difference. And if you're in Newfoundland, that means it's at 7.30.
1: That's right. I don't know how that works, but anyway...
2: Well, because it's just a hop across the pond, so maybe that's why they only got the 30 minutes.
1: Maybe. Anyway, if you're listening to us from Newfoundland, welcome. We're glad you're here. And a shout-out to our family that is in Cape, uh, Newfoundland, Newfoundland and, and Cape Breton as well.
3: <laughs>
2: So um, this month, for the month of August, we thought we would talk about depression. And our devotionals by Pastor Gord Abraham will also um, deal with depression. So the biggest question usually is, Mm. what is depression? It's a great question. A lot of the times we use words like sad or I'm down, I have the blues, I'm unhappy, discouraged. Also, to describe depression, but is that all it is? Mm.
1: Well, that is a good question. And uh, the answer is, that's not all it is. No, because,
2: because, I'm sorry, hon, because if that would be the case, we would be depressed all all the the time.
1: time. And we have to realize that there is a big difference between discouragement Mm. and depression. And I think there are some levels of depression. Yes. Some have very mild depression. Mm -hmm. uh, And some have very deep depression depression that lasts a long, long time, for years maybe, or decades.
2: So what will be nice is as we move through the month of August, we will unpack for you Um, the difference levels of depression, Mm -hmm. the difference between depression and uh, discouragement. So tune your ears in. So really, depression is a prolonged disorder of mood that actually requires professional help.
1: That's right. And in my case, I just want to share a little bit of our story. Maybe you have... Heard us share our story many times, but one of the greatest factors in my life was depression. And uh, as a uh, young man in ministry, I guess I went through a lot of discouragement. There were days when I really was sad or I had the blues, but I was able to function pretty good. Uh, but there were days when I, I didn't want to get out of bed. Uh, I didn't want to do anything but just stay put, and wallow, sort of speak, in my self pity. But I, I didn't really have any energy to do much more. But the difference was, I it wasn't long lasting. It it was a very short time. Mm-hmm. I was able to do other things. And so maybe it was a mild depression. Maybe there was discouragement that brought me to a place where I didn't have any energy. But the older I got and the more trauma that I felt in ministry in life, I began to realize that uh, for me, depression became a real issue.
2: It did, for sure. And I agree with in the earlier years of those mood swings i guess it would be the highs and the lows yeah um we might have thought you were depressed but really it was just you were down yeah and And like most
1: people you know there's good there's bad there's there's the the ugly ugly. and the beautiful (laughs) in life period for sure Uh, but the stress uh, ministry sometimes can really cause you to be Discourage, you know, yeah. and it sometimes seems like depression, but uh, it's not depression because you can carry on and function in other things, you know,
2: mm-hmm. and it certainly proved to us after the stroke and when you, you know, went downhill, the difference between the past and living yeah. in that present of what depression really was.
1: And I would say even before the stroke happened to me, uh, I was uh, probably for years in a minor depression. Mm-hmm. But uh, two years prior to the stroke, I was in a deep depression. Oh, yes. I didn't want to do anything. I forced myself. I pushed myself to get out of bed. I, I just didn't have any energy for life uh, I, I did ministry because mm-hmm. that was the thing I was paid to do. Mm-hmm. I uh, went to work because we had to pay bills. Pay bills, right?
2: Put food on the table.
1: But I was inside. Well outside I portrayed that I was okay.
2: And I think that's with depression you can almost do that. It, it's definitely wearing masks yeah because people on the outside, most people would never have thought. That you were in a depression. I even struggled understanding that you were mm-hmm. in a depression because mm-hmm. you you certainly can fool people. Yeah, and I knew I, there was something not right.
1: Right, and uh, but I would hide my emotions. Uh, um, I wouldn't let anybody know. Oh, well, no. n- n- let me back up a little bit because I think the people that you love the most sometimes you share things or, or your emotions come out to your family because you know it's safe, right? right?
2: There's no judge, not, not the same kind of judgment.
1: Right. So I think, you know, I was agitated and frustrated, and I think you saw that
2: oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, very much in my life, and even the kids mm-hmm. saw that as well. Uh, so I, I uh, hid it from people outside of our family. Oh yes. And I, but I, I, I struggled to struggle to really control my emotions when I was home, but it, it was sometimes I just couldn't, I couldn't control it.
2: Yeah, and, and your emotions weren't one of being sad. Like you weren't crying or that not kind of a way. Not publicly. <laughs> not where I could see. No. But you were more agitated, very... Um,
1: My OCD came out oh, very... Oh,
2: OCD, ridiculous. Yeah, like I... Things I, could not be out of order. Mm-hmm. They had to be in order. Yeah, and or not, just out of the way. Right, yeah, because I would look for stuff and <laughs> ask him where things were, and he I go... I don't know. I don't know, and I go, but you moved it. But he always would say, I don't know. And I don't know if it was because you just had to get out of the way and you weren't paying attention to where you probably put it. And usually, you know, the big joke was, oh, dad's moved it again. I wonder where it would be.
1: <laughs> but for me, I was able to control certain things. And so my OCD, when I would put things away... I was able to control my environment and feel better about it. But I didn't understand what it was doing to you or others. Right. Because uh,
2: it made others feel uncomfortable because you were afraid not mm -hmm. to leave anything, any kind of mess or whatever. But I think maybe, you know, just even thinking about this now, um, having to keep those things tidy was the outward expression of everything was in control, but the inward side was just a mess.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know? I knew what I was doing um, when I was trying to control things, <laughs> but I, I didn't really, I don't know if the worries care, but I was self-absorbed. Right, yeah. And it was all about me, mm-hmm. and uh, so.
2: And I think that brings to the journey of even my own journey now right. as we're going through this um that it played its toll on me sure too, did um and not realizing it only now that we are understanding it and working through uh, i'll give you a little example one of the biggest things alan hated is pillows on the floor <laughs> and they always well to be... you have so many pillows <laughs> <in> <laughs> yeah, the well, house. we won't go there but anyway um and even to this day, if there's pillows on the floor I need to pick them up. Or if there's cupboard doors open I have to make sure they're closed.
1: I don't I don't care anymore. And
2: now he doesn't care and I look at him I go, but you have to remember hmm. I journeyed through this for thirty, you know, thirty five years yeah. at least of making sure things were a certain way and now you know, you're so more relaxed on it, I have to get through yeah, the change myself, That's the new right. you.
1: So I made you a certain way because of my actions, and now that I am, you know, getting better, and right. those things don't matter. You're still trying to deal with yeah your response, my
2: response to them. So in, in some ways, it's a little bit of um, a PTSD, I <laughs> guess, in a, in yeah, a very I think so. mild form of it brings way. some anxiety it does you bring anxiety to, to me if things are not a certain way And by I the think, way oh, i'm no. sorry i know you are <laughs> for sure anyway let's move on how do you know if you're depressed and not discouraged so let let me just walk through some of um the definitions of discouragement discouragement unhappy about a recent disappointment a temporary mood fluctuation or the blues but the person can still enjoy other related activities they have not lost hope and they have good thought control and concentration. So that's when you're discouraged. Mm -hmm. Now, depression is a severe crushing despair of someone who has lost all interest in life. It is very prolonged with unrelenting symptoms. There is an inability to enjoy activities and all interests fade. Most depression people say they can't shut their minds off from unwanted negative thoughts. The heavy thought traffic makes it hard to concentrate. Thought control worsens. And I'm going to just add to this, I know um, just if you get our book and read within our book, you will also see that sometimes depression will take on a physical attribute mm-hmm. also. You know, it may not just be in our mind yeah. what's going on. It can also Um, manifest itself itself with headaches, uh, maybe upset stomach, um, breakouts of your skin. There's all kinds of things that physically Mm -hmm. can happen to us too when we're in this depression, this severe crushing despair.
1: Yeah, and I experienced that after the stroke for sure. But when I was in the mental health unit for 10 days, I saw it close and personal with so many people. Uh, they were in despair. Um, and they were um, they were just hanging on to life. And the nurses and doctors, psychiatrists with medication were there trying to help them. And it was awful to watch. But uh, anyway, it was good that I was able to get help that I needed.
2: Absolutely. And sometimes we as the bystander can look at someone who is in a depression and wonder, you know, just shake it off. Like this isn't something to cause a depression, but these depressions usually have underlining factors. Mm -hmm. There's trauma, there's life events, there's um, things that maybe have happened in the past that causes this depression to spiral out of control and and they can't get it back. That's right,
1: and we have to realize too that, you know, The word mental illness, I'm beginning not to like that word. Okay. Because uh, sometimes when we think on people that are mental, we use words like they're crazy or nuts, yeah, right? Or we, yeah,
2: they're psycho.
1: Yeah, but I think we have to really realize that it's brain illness. Yeah. Right? And so that's another factor because chemicals in our brain, uh, we need certain levels. And then when they're not the right levels, Or they're depleted because of trauma Mm -hmm. or things like you said. uh, Then our brains are not healthy, and we need medications.
2: For sure, it seems to be so much easier to say that we have a problem with our heart or our liver or our gallbladder or something else is giving us trouble. But you know, we always say mental illness, and then that always puts us to the side of, you know, oh, they're crazy or Mm -hmm. unstable, but. Obviously, we wouldn't say they have a frontal lobe problem. It just, yeah, it, it, yeah. we just don't say that. Or but that, I have shrinkage in my in brain. In my brain. I mean, that's know? literally what it is. Yeah. So I really think brain health mm-hmm. is so important, and maybe you know, maybe we can change it.
1: Yeah. Maybe it changed. doesn't have to be. Well, it's part of the stigma. It right? is. And so whatever will help to change the stigma from being mentally ill Mm -hmm. is a good thing. Um, So it's been said that depression is the most common form of mental suffering. And so we're going to take a break right now. And Pastor Gord Abraham is going to share with us. And I'm really encouraged by his uh, devotionals, and tonight he's going to share more personal. But when we read the scriptures, we see uh, many characters in the Bible that uh, went through some severe depression mm-hmm. or discouragement. Or discouragement, Red. yeah. So uh, Gordon Gord is going to take a few minutes now and share with us.
3: Thanks, Gord. Greetings, friends. Our theme for the month of August is going to be on depression, which is one of the most common mental health issues in our culture and modern world. In fact, it has increased significantly during this time of pandemic. The programs you hear this month will prove to be very helpful to you or someone you know who struggles in this area. Myself, I've had struggles in my life and at specific times with depression. There's different degrees and intensities In depths of depression that individuals face and what I'm going to talk to you about is my own struggle and what God has taught me. During my pastoral years in Ontario, Cape Breton and with Operation Mobilization Canada and back in the pastorate, I've had my times of struggle with depression. I learned many valuable lessons about myself, God and others through these struggles. Often my struggle with depression would come during or after great spiritual exertion, or some challenges or disappointments, and sometimes even following times of great blessings. There would be the accompanying mental, physical, and relational and spiritual tiredness. My thoughts would often be a struggle to keep positive and keep looking to the Lord, would be a struggle. If I allow darker thoughts or doubts to continue in my mind, I usually spiral downward to deeper levels of darkness, with depression getting a stronger grip on me. The result, would usually be stronger doubts, anger, and even pushing others in the Lord away. I came to realize that for me the initial feelings of depression could take a downward spiral in my mind and unless I got control of those and corrected my thoughts it would spiral downward even deeper. I also learned that my self-talk was very instrumental in how deep I allowed myself to go or how quickly I came out of the depression. I was exposed to a book called Spiritual Depression, based on messages by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, where he wrote significantly about our self-talk. In Psalm 42, we see an example of the psalmist's self-talk with his mind, and how he challenges his thinking that could lead him into discouragement and possibly a depressed state. The psalmist begins with his longing for God and thirsting after God. Struggling with being separated from worship of God in Jerusalem and with God's people. When you get to verse 5, the psalmist begins to talk to himself. Now whether you accept it or not, we all talk to ourselves. It's a common human experience. So in Psalm 42 verse 5, the psalmist asks himself, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And then he counters the negative thinking with great thoughts of God. He says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Then in the second part of verse 5 and verse 6, he moves back into his dark and negative thinking again, challenging himself to smarten up. I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Then in verse 8, he reminds himself that the Lord pours his law and unfailing love upon him each day. And through each night, he sings his songs, praying to God, who gives him life. Again, he moves back and forth in his thoughts. He says, Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief? Moving between his negative, doubtful, questioning self-talk, and his trust and confidence in the Lord was an ongoing battle. Then, we see in verse 11, again, he challenges his thinking with, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and God. One of the great lessons I have learned in my own struggle with depression is to properly manage my thoughts and my self talk, constantly filling my mind with Scripture and calling out to the Lord Jesus in prayer. I have to choose to go against my feelings and fill my mind with good things and act on what I know is the truth not allowing the lies that would come into my mind to lead me into a downward spiral spiral of, def- of depression. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at a specific time in the life of a well-known prophet, the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 16-19, and we're going to journey with him through his struggle with depression.
1: Welcome back, everybody.
2: Thank you so much, Gord. That certainly was very encouraging. And, and being transparent is so important. And I think mm-hmm. it certainly allows all of us to relate to circumstances in our lives. That's right. Well, most of you, or maybe some of you know, because mm-hmm. we know that some of you have certainly purchased um, our book is out. And yeah. And we are so excited. Uh,
1: we're over in the moon.
2: Yeah, it seems a little funny when we see a book and our names are on it and it's like, We looked at each other and we went, wow.
1: I'm married to an author.
2: Yeah. I said to him, would you autograph my book? I'll (laughs) autograph yours. (laughs) So anyway, we would certainly love for you to purchase our book. It is an easy read. And it's not heavy at all, but it is so practical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's our book, I know. And I've learned so much out of it myself by just taking the time and reading it. Um, So you can... Get our book on Amazon.ca.
1: What's it called?
2: I was going to get to that, but you jumped in too soon. You know, some things we learn slowly and some things we learn a little bit more quickly. Anyway, the name of our book is called The Beautiful Strokes of God. And you will find it on Amazon.ca or even on Amazon.com, whatever your account may be. Now, people have said to us, can you just give us, send us the book? Um, or bring it to us when you are able to visit if the borders ever open up again but, know the way you have to order it is through Amazon right now right now our publisher wants it to go through Amazon because they're able to track it a whole lot better plus you can leave reviews and Amazon have their ways through the publishing side of things uh-huh. of being able to move our book up the ranks and advertise it if we receive reviews from those of you who have purchased it so that would mean an awful lot to Alan and I if you would write a review uh-huh. once you've read the book you have to read it first just so you know and then write a review five stars would be awesome if possible um, just giving a little plug there and by the
1: way I read my uh, read our book uh, I think ten times already
2: oh well there you go so there it is an easy read um, hey what does that mean <laughs> I'm not gonna say a word yeah um, but we would really appreciate if you would uh, purchase the book you can purchase Kindle style mm-hmm. if you're like um, to read by Kindle or those of you who like to have that book in your hand I um, said to Alan I want to read it again and, and start highlighting things I, I know it sounds strange when it's your own book but I think you digested it a little bit different mm-hmm. with book in hand that's right and so you have uh, several different ways of being able to purchase it and if you do purchase it please let us know so don't forget amazon.com or amazon.ca
1: Until we meet again.
2: It's been really nice spending the evening with you.
1: Yeah, we'll see you later. See you next week.
2: See you next Friday.
0: As we conclude our program, we want to thank you for listening to today's broadcast. For more information about Agora, we invite you to journey through our website www.agoranetworkministries.com Also, please subscribe while there or email us at info at Until next time, may you know and experience the hope and healing that comes from the greatest healer, Jesus Christ.